you guys are doing well. I want to say welcome to drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. So today on Dr. Boys TV, we're going to talk about five ways to know that you're not free. Today is July 4th. So I thought that I would provide a perspective that will help you understand what freedom looks like, what liberty looks like. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, I want to say hello to everybody, and I want to say happy holiday to everybody. I would say happy 4th of July, but that's just a weighted statement. Like, if I say happy 4th, you know, some of y'all just say thank you, and some of y'all going to say, what, what, the 4th? Why would you celebrate the 4th? The 4th ain't nothing. I get all that. I understand. I, I, I paid attention in history class at least 30% of the time, so I do know... Um, the implications of the 4th of July, but uh, I still think sometimes we can let our hair down, even though I ain't got no hair. I let my hair down and decide that sometimes I'm not going to take it too seriously because that, that stuff will just stress you out. So I want to say hello to everybody. Shout out the city that you're from. Shout out your city, uh, Miss D Fit, Brian Bridges, Ronnie Hunter, Root Trackers. Uh, I see you, uh, Ray Gale. I want to say to her, hi to everybody on Instagram. My Instagram is the real voice Watkins. So feel free to follow me on Instagram if you like to have your thinking challenged. If you have, if you don't like your thinking challenged, then don't follow me because I'm just going to make you mad and you're going to end up unfollowing me in a couple of days. But uh, if you like critical thinking and you like black intelligence and you believe that we should be more intelligent as a people, then feel free to follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is the real voice Watkins. And so, um, uh, so so let me uh, before I jump into the topic for today, I want to also give a quick public service announcement. Uh, I noticed on the Internet that there are people that, uh, that I guess there, there are a lot of scam artists and things like that. There are people that pretend to be other people. So uh, what typically happens is that when I make a post, particularly on YouTube or, or, or Instagram, stuff like that, there will be a fake voice walk-ins that will be in the chat. And this fake voice walk-ins will offer you his WhatsApp number and they will ask you to go invest in some crypto schemes. That is not me, and I'm asking you to not just ignore the person, but please report that uh, if you see it. Uh, I just want to make sure you know that because from what I'm hearing, people are being they are losing money from this kind of thing, and, and that breaks my heart, and I don't want that to happen to you. All right, so I uh, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, and uh, and I see I saw Minneapolis and Tampa, Florida, New York City, uh, uh, let's see Long Beach, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Richmond, California. Uh, Beantown. Ah, Darlene, uh, you're in Boston. I love Boston. I got to go back. I was, I did an internship in Boston just to tell you a little funny white people story. Uh, I, I did, I did, I got my dream job. Like, see, this is, this is, this is a great way to start this conversation. I really believe because how many of y'all grew up like thinking about your dream job? How many of y'all like grew up really believing that there was such a thing as a dream job? G give me a yes or no, right? If you, if you imagine like what a great job would look like, how much money you'd make, how much freedom they would give you, 
Right? Like, like you're not grown. Like you, like kid, I, I, I like my job because they allow me to do blah, blah, blah. They let me. They, they're, they're not your parents. They're not your parents. You know, and and uh, and I grew up, you know, the same way. I grew up looking forward to my dream job and thinking if I go to school and work hard, I'm going to get my dream job because I was a good student in, in college. I, I was the number one. I'm, I'm a brag woman. I was the number one black student on the entire University of Kentucky campus for four years straight. Nobody came close to me. I dominated the other students GPA wise. I had a triple major. I got two bachelor's degrees. I could have got a third bachelor's degree. I just didn't want to do the extra class. But but anyway, I, I did all that. Why did I do all that? I did all that because I wanted my dream job. You know, I had a vision of some fantasy of a white man, you know, in giving me a big office with with a nice briefcase and wearing nice suits and driving a nice car to a nice job where they would kind of let me do what I want. So uh, one of the things that happened was that because I had a, a good GPA in college, they would invite you to participate in things and to apply for things. Everything I applied for, I got it. Every scholarship, every internship, everything. So I applied for um, an internship and I got my dream job. And it was a job with General Electric, uh, General Electric, their aircraft engines division in Lynn, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. So literally that when Darlene said Beantown, that made me think about Boston because I enjoyed the city. I enjoyed the people. It was a wonderful experience outside of work. And so when I take this job and I'm, I was making all this money, like more money than I ever made in my life. You know, I'm 19, to, oh, 20, what am I, was I 20 or 19? I can't remember. I think I was 20 at the time. And I, and I had never made money before. So I'm making all this money and I, and they give me this beautiful apartment in the center of Boston. If you know anything about Boston real estate prices, you can imagine they're sky high. This, this, this building was right next to Mass General Hospital where they've got these surgeons and Harvard educated doctors that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. So they put me in an apartment in that nice space. And uh, and and so I would go to work, I would get on the train and go to my job. And it was uh, way out in Lynn, Massachusetts. And uh, I had this supervisor named Mary. And Mary was this 28 year old white lady who, um, who was really just a complete prick. She was a terrible person. She gave me no guidance, no mentorship. I, and, and I hated that job. I got there. I was bored. I was confused. I didn't know what to do. I would go. Now, back then, we didn't even have Internet and stuff where you could just sit there. If, if we had Facebook and Twitter and all that, I would have been tweeting and Facebooking and YouTubing all day because I, I was so bored. But instead, because we didn't have all that, I would just go walk around the factory, hang out in the bathroom. It was it was just terrible. And in and, and that experience, I kid you not, that is when I started questioning just this whole dream job thing. Like before that, my dream job was, I, okay, I'm hoping GE will hire me and pay me a lot of money and I can go. And I said, man, this is depressing. This is so depressing. I don't want to live like this. This is If this is what the rest of my life is going to look like, then just kill me right now. Just just, just, just shoot me, man, because I don't want to live like this. You know, and, 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 and when it came to a head, uh, and, and I'm going to get to the five, the five, uh, the five, questions in a minute but but this is important right because a lot of us have gone through these experiences i remember they gave me this mentor you, you know in the jobs they they because they they have their fake diversity programs and so they assigned me this random black man to be my mentor i had nothing in common with this guy and i remember he drove this real raggedy car it's i mean it was raggedy he bought it for like 300 dollars, and i remember thinking i don't want your job if i got to drive a car like this this is my 19 year old brain kind of operating and, uh, and, and I remember him telling me he had been there for 28 years and he was so proud of the great relationship he had with GE. Now, I'm not knocking 
those of you who have had those great jobs and are happy with your job or have been, you know, on the corporate plantation and done well in that space and overcame the racism and the microaggressions and all that. But I was not impressed. I was not impressed. And I, I just looked at this black man and I said, I don't want this to be my future. I don't know how I can have a different future, but I don't want to, I don't want to be 55 years old driving a, a driving a broke down hoopty and and just bragging about how I was able to get along. I, I have respect for him, but it just was that wasn't it for me. So that experience, that horrible experience of working with that mean lady and also just you know having a job I hated, that really made me reflect. And that was actually what led me to become a professor. I met my mentor, my buddy, Dr. Tommy Whitler. I talked to him yesterday. We still love each other to death. He's been my, my buddy since I was 19 years old. And, uh, and he introduced me to being a finance PhD, a finance professor. And he showed me how much money they made. They made a lot of money. Uh, he showed me the, the freedom of being a professor. He was the first black professor I ever met. And this is an example of how mentorship and imagery is so important. This is why it's so important for your kids to be exposed to people that are doing different things, right? This is, and this gets to that first step toward freedom, right? Part of it being intellectual freedom or psychological freedom. A lot of kids in Chicago, for example, don't have any sort of psychological freedom because they ain't never left their damn block. There are kids in Chicago that live 15 minutes away from downtown who have never been downtown. <laughs> so, so exposure is huge. And I would encourage you, if you haven't thought about it, I want you to be very conscious. Remember, conscientious parenting is how you become a great parent and being conscious about your life and strategizing and all that. This is what critical thinking looks like. I encourage you to be very conscious about what you expose your children to. Expose them to a lot of things that will give them access to freedom of thought so they can see different ideas. They can see different perspectives. They can see different experiences. They can maybe even see different countries if you can if you can, if you you can, can do that. If not, at least different cities. You know, get them out there. Get them exposed to things. All right, so anyway, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. Uh, don't forget on July 7th, the next Black Wealth Bootcamp begins where we will spend four weeks and I will show you how to generate consistent income by selling stock options. That's what this next bootcamp is all about. I'm going to show you my, my price process on picking the stocks. I'm going to show you my process of managing the risk. I'm going to show you my process of re-upping every week and adjusting my portfolio. This has worked for me. I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars doing this. Um, this is what I'm teaching this next week. It's a great skill to have in a down stock market because uh, if you buy a stock and you're just waiting for the price to go up, you may be waiting for a long time. Uh, the, the Fed policy has shifted the market. Basically, the market's going to be damp. Uh, it's expected to be damp for quite a while. And this allows me to generate income even when the market's going down. So if that's of interest to you, just go to boyswalkins.com or you can hit the link in the bio if you're on Instagram. And those of you who asked about a payment plan, we did implement a payment plan. Uh, it's still cheaper to pay all at once. But if you want to do a payment plan, that's fine too. And uh, also everything is yours for life. The materials are yours for life. So we start July 7th at 8 p.m. We're going to meet every Thursday at 8 for the next four weeks. So feel free to join us then. All right. So let me let me go into five, <clears throat> five ways to know that you might not be free. Uh, you know, there, there's five, five things I thought about this morning because I was thinking about it, the fact that it's July 4th and there's a lot of controversy, a lot of conversation about black people. Like, are we really free? So I'm going to ask you guys a question, actually, before we begin. Yes or no? Yes or no? Do you feel that most black people are free or, or not free? Like, what, what do you think? Yes or no? Uh, do you think that? Yes. And yes, 19th. I will show you what stocks to pick. Absolutely. Uh, do, what do you think? Do you think that black people give me a yes or no? Do you feel that black people are free or not free? What do you think? OK, I see a lot of no's here. Uh, Joanne, Wallace, Michael. Uh, OK, uh, let's see. Ajamu, uh, I see lots of no's. 
Tracy, no. Jeannie says no. Okay, so a lot of no's. I haven't even seen any yeses yet. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, if you were to describe your own life, do you feel free? That this is that's a hard that's a different question, right? It's a little more personal. Yeah, yes or no? Do you feel free in your own life? Do you feel free? Okay, uh, I see some yeses and I see some nos. Okay, uh, and I mean I'm sure the nos are not yets, right? And that's okay. It's all you know. All of us uh, go through that. Okay. All right. So let me give you five. This is Dr. Boyce talk here. This is literally a framework that I put together in my head mostly this morning in terms of thinking about what freedom looks like. And uh, I'm gonna start with the definition of freedom. And if you look, uh, so it's July 4th, let's talk about freedom. You know, it's, free, it's supposed to be Freedom Day and all that stuff. Uh, and here's what freedom is defined as in the dictionary. Freedom is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. So according to this definition, freedom means that you have the ability to act as you want, to speak as you want, and to think as you want without hindrance or restraint. Also, another definition is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved, okay? And so we know that our ancestors that were slaves on the plantation didn't have freedom. My my, my name, Boyce, actually comes from my great-great-great-grandfather who was named Boyce by his slave master. So I got the connection, the direct connection. So when those reparations checks come in, I, they ain't going to be able to dispute my case at all, okay? Um, and so... Ultimately, uh, we know that that type of slavery existed. We know that type of slavery was real. But the thing about freedom is that freedom is not an on-off switch. Freedom is a uh, continuum. You know, if you think about it, you can have freedom at this end and slavery at the other end. Most of us are somewhere in the middle of, of this. And it's not just a continuum, but it's a multidimensional continuum, meaning that there's different measures of freedom. You know, in this definition, they said act, think, or speak, right? But also there's things like financial freedom. Right? So, so sometimes you might have freedom in one category, but not have freedom in another category. Right? And, and, and so ultimately, I think that just being very conscious, when we talk about consciousness, we're always talking about being conscious. I'm conscious. I'm conscious. Most people who say that, who talk about how conscious they are, they ain't really that conscious, right? in my opinion. I think consciousness requires a lot of meditation. It requires a lot of critical thinking. It requires some knowledge. It requires some exposure. Uh, consciousness, and, and, and just generally speaking, it, has to, it requires a commitment to the awareness necessary to be able to really critically analyze the environment around you. Uh, and, and a lot of us, I think a lot of us don't do that. I really believe that. And so, so uh, one thing I'll say is that when you talk about hindrance or restraint, so in this definition, freedom is the right, or I'm going to read again, the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. So if you go back to Dr. Claude Anderson in his book, Powernomics, Powernomics has an interesting kind of corollary in terms of the, the reason I love this book is because this book is a blueprint of freedom, because one of the first things that Dr. Anderson talks about in this book, and we read it every Wednesday night in the book club. If you want to join, just go to boycewalkins.com. We, we, we're going through this book with a fine tooth comb. We've been doing it for almost two, a year and a half now. We're going to keep going until we're done. Um, and, uh, and one of the things he says about power is that power is the ability to uh, pursue your agenda despite the opposition of others, despite the hindrance of others. So, so when he talks about hindrance and restraint, right? Act, speak, or think without hindrance or restraint. Well, powernomics to me is the uh, antidote to the curse, to the, to the disease of slavery. So, so, so the, so the same way that slavery in America, corporate slavery and, and political slavery and all these other forms of slavery exist, well, that's the disease. Well, the, the cure 
is power. Power is the response to lack of freedom. The more power I have, the more I can free myself. You try to wrap me up in chains, I'm powerful, I bust out of the chains. You, you try to trick me psychologically, well, my mind is powerful. I'm a very educated man. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to solve the puzzle and get out of that situation, right? Uh, you know, financially, you try to lock me down financially. Well, my power comes in the fact that I've got some economic security and I don't really, uh, you can't really hold me down financially, right? You can't make somebody come to a job every day if they have an inheritance, you can't make them come to work every day if they've got financial security. You can't if they got multiple streams of income. You can't do that. So ultimately, uh, at, at the end of the day, it comes down to kind of understanding how powerful are we as Black people. Some of you are powerful. Some of you are not. You know, I, and I would if I were to ask you all the question, give me a yes or no. Do you feel that Black people are powerful in America? Do you feel that we truly are powerful? understand our power and utilize that power in a way that gives us freedom i think the answer is no i really believe the answer is no now by the way you can get a copy of dr anderson's books at powernomics.com that's powernomics.com that's that's his website so please support him the man deserves it he's a wonderful human being all right so 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 here's what my thoughts are when you talk about um freedom i would say that at least five criteria that you can ask yourself in terms of asking, am I really free in this life is the, I guess the first question would be, can you do what you want when you want? So that means that if it's a Tuesday morning and you want, and your child says, Hey daddy, I want to go swimming today. Can you go swimming with your child? Or do you have to say no, because you got to go to work? You know, can you do what you want? If you can't do what you want, then you have to question how free you are. Right. Uh, or if your boss makes you mad, can you um, can you cuss your boss out and tell him to kiss your black ass and walk out the door? Or do you stop and sit down and, and just take it because you have a fear of what the consequences are going to look like? Well, that means that in that particular situation, you've given away a little bit of power. And in some situations, giving away power is required and necessary. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you give away power to have more power. So let me give you an example. I'm more powerful with my wife. I am more powerful because as a team, we can get things done. Uh, we have over a million dollars in real estate. We've been able to kind of really do a lot of fun things uh, as, as human beings, as a couple, as a team that we couldn't do individually. They, they're doing it individually would have been much tougher. She makes me smarter. I make her smarter. We, we both got, you know, we both have a lot of education. And we, we pick each other's brains. Right. So but here's the thing, you know. I can't always do what I want. <laughs> you know, getting married means I had to make some sacrifices. I had to make some trade-offs. I had to give up some power to have more power. Right? So so sometimes having more power as a team means giving up some of your power and freedom as an individual. And a lot of people don't get that. That's a real subtle point, but I really want you to process that for a minute and look at the broken black families and look at all the power that our community loses due to a lack of unity. You get two people get together, they make a baby, they start fighting. Next thing you know, the baby ain't got no parent. <laughs> they got one. They got a single mama trying to do it all, and daddy's off doing whatever. Only God knows what, right? And and and, and that child is, is going to suffer. The family's less powerful because those two cannot get along. Uh, a lot of us believe, and this is where white folks get inside your head. This is where they take away your intellectual power. They get inside your head and they convince you that all that matters is what the individual wants. 
And all that matters is that as a woman, you have a right to do what you want to do whenever you want to do it, and can't nobody tell you nothing. Or as a man, you know, F these hoes, I can do what I want. Ain't no woman gonna tell me what to do. I ain't gonna be out here simping. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man. I'm always gonna, I need y'all to submit. I need to bow down, bitches. You know, like you get that mindset, right? And 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 because people are so committed to what they want as individuals and they don't want to give up that individual power. They never get to experience the joy of collective power. You can't, you can't, it's very hard to have collective power if you are addicted to individual power. So this concept of uh, uh, this Americanized concept of rugged individualism, I'm going to do it all by myself. I'm a strong woman. I don't need no man. All this other nonsense that they try to put into your head. All that does is that kills your power because now you ain't got no man to help you. My wife, I help my wife. I defend my wife. I would fight for my, I would kill and die for my wife and the children. And but but if she was up here talking about I don't need no man, well then I'd be like, okay, well I guess I'll just find somebody who needs me. You apparently don't need me, so so you can fight the thugs off on your own. You can pay the bills by yourself. Okay, so so ultimately when you talk about doing what you want when you want, it's it requires like processing. And strategic trade-offs, investments, you know, like that's what investing is. All investing is, is making a sacrifice so you can have more at the end, right? You, you trade, you trade two, you take one step back so you can go two steps forward or like exercise. I, I, I go through the agony of exercise so I can experience the joy of being fit and strong and in shape. Okay. Now, and I'm gonna move to the next one. Hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you haven't done it. Oh, by the way, I meant to mention yesterday, I, I told you guys I was going to give you a stock pick that I liked and I totally forgot to do it. Well, the stock is Microsoft. Microsoft is a stock that I just bought uh, that I think is a great investment right now. I think the company's gonna make money hand over fist. As soon as the economy recovers, Microsoft is, I think is going back to the moon. So there we go. Microsoft is a stock I bought yesterday. All right, so <clears throat> next, the, the next measure of freedom is, can you say what you want? Can you say what you want? Uh, you know, so in this world, do you feel, yes or no, do you feel that we have a society that promotes the freedom freedom of speech you, you know it's a basic premise everybody's supposed to have it it's supposed to be everywhere do you feel that in our society we have freedom of speech what do y'all think yes or no uh yeah okay I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no i don't think we have freedom of speech uh, i think that freedom of speech is something that you have to fight for you have to have power to have freedom of speech and <clears throat> and so <clears throat> if you talk about freedom of speech freedom of speech is something that does exist for some people but you have to uh, be in a position to really, truly obtain it. It's not something that's given away to everybody. It's not a welfare check. It's something that people have to really fight for, something you have to earn. Uh, I say things in this space that make people, that blow people's minds, where they're like, whoa, I can't believe you said that. How'd you get away with saying that? And and really what would go through my mind is, well, the reason I do that is because I don't, I don't work for a corporation like, like you do, so you can't say what I can say. And you can't, you can sit back, you better, you better be quiet. Don't you go to work and repeat Boyce Watkins language at your job because I am the guy that will get you fired from your job. You know, and, and, and so, so ultimately when you're talking about freedom of speech, freedom of speech tends to exist mostly for those who are financially secure enough that you can walk away from, you know, all the financial traps that are out here to keep you quiet. You know, because, you know, in corporate America, you say the wrong thing, it's over. I, I, I told you guys, I was very transparent. Last year, there was a group called the uh, AG Gaston Foundation. I believe that's what they're called. They're down in uh, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Wonderful people. I really like them a lot. I gave a speech for them and because uh, I admire AG Gaston immensely. I think every black child needs to learn about him. He was a very wealthy man in the 1940s. And this black man did amazing things. 
And um, and I, I but the next year, uh, they in the next year, they were going to have me back and they were going to pay me ten thousand dollars to come speak. We had already made the deal. They'd already made their deposit. And something came up where uh, people somebody asked me about what I thought about Lizzo. And I said, well, Lizzo is a, a mixture of the Mammy and the Jezebel stereotype all rolled up into one. She's a wonderful singer. She's got tremendous talent. But I don't like the idea that record labels have convinced this black woman, this beautiful black woman, to make a damn fool out of herself because she's harming the black community. She's making us all look like clowns. She's making the black woman look like a slut. She's 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 promoting obesity, which is killing hundreds of thousands of black people every year. And I don't like it. So I was honest about that. Right. So so then what happens is the white media uh, d- decides what well, they want to, you know, they defend, they defend their people. Right. So Lizzo's one of their people. So the white media just brushes me just, you know, again, didn't, didn't do one interview with me. Didn't ask me to elaborate on what I had to say. Didn't ask me what my opinion was, you know, because, because when you're black, you know, they pretty much discount your intellect. They just assume I'm just some sexist, homophobe and fat shaming. And they use all the, all the little, little terms, you know, little words they make up to try to try to shame people into silence. And I said, well, I'm not backing off of that point. And if you ask me to elaborate and to explain, I can explain. You ain't got to agree, but you you can't disagree with me that black people aren't dying from obesity and that it's probably not healthy to tell black people that being fat is okay. No, being fat doesn't mean we should hate you, but being fat does mean we, you should probably lose weight because you're going to die if you continue down that path. And also, we can't sit here and pretend like they don't make black people look stupid in this damn media. And it's affecting our little girls. Why do little girls feel like they got to go drop it like it's hot? and show a whole lot of ass in order to get attention from a boy. That disturbs me. That makes me very sad because there are lots of wonderful young ladies out here that deserve love, but you ain't going to get no love if you're showing up looking like Cardi B. I'm sorry. I hate saying it. Maybe I'm the guy that needs to be the, the canary in the mind or the idiot in the in the room. I have no idea, but I don't think it's right. It's wrong. It's messed up. It's crazy. So, the, so what happens then is as the white media is you know, boom, well, this, this sexist homophobe, this, this fat shaming professor is that they didn't, again, they didn't interview me. They just, they just gave their interpretation of who I am. The Their racism comes out because they don't like when black men are honest. They don't like black men speaking truth. They don't, they definitely don't like it when a black man is smarter than they are. So they all start attacking. And next thing I know, I get a call telling me that these, the black people running the A.G. Gaston Foundation are canceling my speaking appearance in Birmingham. The people in the audience love me. The people in the organization love me, but they could not have me because uh, because they have corporate sponsors and corporate sponsors are going to go along with what they believe to be politically correct. But I did a whole podcast about that and broke that down. And I explained that the reason I don't have to back down is because I knew this was coming. I knew from the beginning before anybody cared who Boyce Watkins was, I knew if I go out here really tell, tell them like it is, really trying to exercise my freedom of speech, I better be locked and loaded. I better be ready. You know, you, you better, you better, I best have my 401k straight. I better have my streams of income right. I got to have my wealth together. I got to have my power base together because they're going to come out guns blazing. And they did. So if I was one of these black people sitting around, uh, depending on white media to get my to, to, to reach my, my audience or depending on white folks money. In, to pay my bills, you know what would have happened? I would have either not said it at all, or I would be out here apologizing and looking like Nick Cannon. That's why Nick Cannon apologized. Remember, Nick Cannon didn't apologize. No disrespect to Nick. I'm not making fun of him. I, I met Nick's father. I talked to him for over an hour. He's a wonderful guy, very smart black man. I think that they're trying to do the right thing. But Nick 
messed up because Nick was jumping into a battle that he wasn't prepared to fight. You don't jump out there and start saying these things that are that are hurtful truths about America and not expect them to come out guns blazing because that white man going to protect what is his. He's just going to. That's I respect that. Honestly, I don't even get offended, but I'm going to protect what is mine. You a man and I'm a man. And if we got to go at it, then that's cool. But you got to be ready. You got to understand this, though. When you're talking about freedom of speech, you have to be positioned to earn it. And you also have to think intergenerationally. Think about your babies and your grandkids. They're going to need freedom of speech, too. They're going to have something to say as well. And if you don't prepare them economically to have uh, the kind of financial security necessary to walk away from all the carrots and sticks and bells and whistles that are going to be offered to them by by this 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 society, then they're not going to ever have the freedom of speech that they deserve. The Constitution don't guarantee you nothing as a black person. That, that damn thing was not written for you. Stop believing that all these rights are yours and, and I know my rights. Well, if you, if you know your rights, then you need to know your money. If you need if you know your rights then you need to know wealth because you live in a not just a democracy, but you live in a capitalist democracy. America is more capitalist than it is democratic. Your politicians, in fact, are owned by the capitalists. They're owned by the corporations. So you got to understand the economics if you're ever going to have any power in this society. Okay, so let me keep going. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. So so, um, so uh, what does freedom look like? Well, or questions you should ask yourself if you want to know if, you can be, if you're free. One, can you do what you want? Two, can you say what you want? Three, can you think what you want when you want? Okay, so so let me ask you all this. Do you think do you think that brainwashing affects black people? Do you think that we have a, a majority of our community that is severely brainwashed? See, and, and, and the power of brainwashing is so awesome. See, brainwashing, which occurs everywhere. It's I mean, propaganda everywhere. Just read the media. It's, it's fascinating. Um, <laughs> the thing about brainwashing that's so powerful is that the best way for me to keep you as a slave is to make you think that you're free. <laughs> so then, then there's no battle. I don't even have to fight you now because you think that I'm your friend when really I'm the person who built the cage that you live in. You think I'm your ally because I designed you to be my slave. I, I built you. I am your God. You were built in the image of what I wanted you to be. So, so it's like if I build a car, a car can't contemplate what it's like to be free. A car doesn't know how to sort of process its own existence. All the car knows how to do is to be a car. Because that's way, the way we designed it, right? I hit the button, the engine turns on, I hit the accelerator, you go forward, right? Cars only know how to be cars. So a lot of people don't even know how psychologically they're constrained they are because they were designed and built in a specific way. And you can't know what you don't know. You can't know what you don't want to know. The, no, eventually, knowing what you don't know, at the very least, requires you to have an awareness that there is more to know out there in the first place and to have a desire to know to know things outside of your, your, your whole sphere of existence. That's just like when I was telling you about how you got those kids in Chicago who live you know, 15 minutes from downtown and who have never been downtown. They, they don't know. Some of them, unfortunately, because of the lack of exposure, they only know what's happening on old block. You know, they only know what's happening, you know, between this block and that block. And, and that that's a crime. And that's a crime and it's a shame. And let me just tell you, when I look at the brainwashing of our people, 
Uh, it starts, in my view, with the uh, school system. I, I believe it is uh, something as black people, we got to really reconsider our overzealous commitment to sending our kids to these inferior schools run by racists who don't love our children, who who teach them all the wrong things. I, I really think we got to reconsider that. And, and and if anybody's watching, some if anybody's watching who's got money or clout, or maybe you know, you got LeBron on speed dial, tell LeBron that I said that I would love to see the celebrities come together and raise a billion dollars or more and hand it over, you know, just commitment-free to a group of black educators who love the community, who are going to allocate those resources to building schools all across this country. You got all the talent. You have all the experts out here. You got all the people out here that can get it done. They just need the money. They just need the resources. Or if politicians want to ever get my vote, then all you got to do is show me where you're willing to uh, have you know $100 billion in in, in resources available for black folks to go and borrow what they need to start the businesses that are necessary to build the community, even if they're loans. I think loans are OK, too. I, I you know what a lot of businesses suffer from what a lot of a lot of you have um, great ideas and you want to do the right thing. Your challenge in this generation is that you don't have the resources. You know, white folks don't let they block, they guard the money. So the white boy in Silicon Valley can go raise one hundred million dollars for a stupid idea. You got a good functioning business and you can't even get $100,000. That is criminal. That is wrong. And that's slowing your community down because it requires in a capitalist society, money is required for the implementation of good ideas that are going to be effective and move the needle for the black community. OK, so ultimately, when you talk about uh, you know psychological limitations, uh, sending your kids to these schools is, is, is just terrible. And if you do, just make sure you get getting them education outside of the schools. Also, when you look at media and things like that, the control, black on, black ownership of media is really important because these media images get inside our heads. And so a lot of times uh, what happens is that when you are brainwashed in a certain way, you start to form certain habits. And so a, some of us that could be doing amazing things, they're not doing amazing things because they formed habits that are leading them to do destructive things. Right? It's hard to break out of a habit. Having a bad habit is like being in jail. You know, if you if you're addicted to sex or if you're addicted to drugs or if you're addicted to liquor or if you're addicted to laziness, uh, you know, whatever, it's it's so hard to break out of that. And then you can't be your best self. You are at that point a slave to the addiction. That's that's also why I've mentioned to you guys that drugs, if you're pro-black, I think you should be anti-drugs because drug addictions have been one of, if not the leading cause of the destruction of black families over the last 50 years. Those drug addictions, they turn you into a slave because you are a slave to the drug and you can no longer be free to do the things that are necessary for your family. All right, so let me keep going. Let me get, get, hit the thumbs up button and make sure you subscribe. Uh, you're watching, watching drboystv.com. And uh, in case you just came in, we're talking about five, questions to ask yourself to know if you're really free. And uh, and also don't forget on July 7th, that is when the Black Wolf Bootcamp begins, where I'll spend four weeks showing you guys how to generate income by selling stock options. If that's of interest to you, then go to boyswalkins.com. Please go to boyswalkins.com if you haven't done it. Uh, okay, so let's see. I see a comment. Sheila says, your wife had to make you get your mouth fixed. Now nah, she didn't have to make me. I wanted to do that, but I'm very happy that I did. It was it was a tough procedure, but I'm glad I did it. All right, so, um, so number four. Uh, so, so we mentioned three things, three questions you can ask yourself to determine if you're free. One, can you do what you want? Two, can you say what you want? Three, can you think what you want? Uh, that requires your ability to overcome the brainwashing. 
uh, and, and also exposure, expose your kids to different ideas so that they can have different thoughts and different perspectives. Uh, number four, can you buy what you want? You know, a lot of people are constrained from living their best life because they don't have enough money. I don't care who you are or what you believe, but never, ever run around here acting like money don't matter in America. Money moves this damn country. I don't even care if you're a communist, socialist, libertarian, or whatever, a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim. Money is everywhere. So, so one of the things you got to stop believing, number one, is that having money automatically makes you evil. That's silly. Get, get that silly idea out of your head. In fact, if anything, it is the lack of money that makes people more evil. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm broke, and I'm if I'm a thug and I'm bro a broke thug is gonna come rob you. A thug that can pay the bills, he might just chill at home because he don't want to go back to jail. But a a broke father who can't feed his kids is gonna go do whatever's required to feed his kids. So stop acting like money makes you evil. I would say it's the lack of money that can actually make you more evil. And then generally speaking, if you're an evil person, you know, money more money might make you more evil. I have no idea. So that part is up to you. But at the end of the day, I really think we have to reframe our view of money to the point where we understand that the control of this powerful resource is one of the keys to our liberation. I really believe my vision for this segment of our community, those of you that are listening, the V1 community, Black First community, is that by the year 2050 to 2070, I would like for our people to be known around the world as being the best on earth when it comes to preparing our children to be economically intelligent. It's not hard to do. All that means is basically doing a couple of things. One, investing for your child from the time that they are born so that that money will have time to grow into a massive amount of wealth, which will give them boom, 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 firepower to fight against white supremacy. Boom, 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 firepower to fight against the polit political oppression. Boom, 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 firepower to fight against an abusive boyfriend. Boom, 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 firepower to fight against all of the things in the society that are going to hold them back, you know, you, you or boom, 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 knock down all the obstacles that block them from their dreams. Money can open so many doors for you. You, you know, you, so, so what I want you to do is I want you to give your children that, that, that feeling of knowing what it feels like to be able to pay the bills when they're due, uh, to be able to own property, to be able to start businesses, to be able to buy shares of stock, to be able to not go to work because they don't feel like getting up that day. It, it, it's not hard to do. So again, if you go to boyswalkins.com, there's that ebook, uh, the $5 day investing plan. That's something I've been talking to you guys about a lot. If you're new here, I, I have to repeat it to make for the, so the new people can go take a look if you want to. Uh, but go to boyswalkins.com. The book is right there. It's totally free. Uh, or it's also on Amazon. You can buy a hard copy if you want, but you don't have to buy it. The ebook is free. Uh, and also, if you're on Instagram, hit the link in the bio. So, so ultimately, when you're talking about <clears throat> financial freedom, uh, that means having financial security. It also means not having a situation where money blocks you from the things in your life that matter the most. Like, you know, um, I don't know. I've seen scenarios like this. I've seen <clears throat> people with, you know, happy, well-adjusted kids. <clears throat> you live in Alabama or something and your kids love it in Alabama and, <clears throat> and you're making <clears throat> $50,000 a year. So uh, somebody offers you $60,000 a year to move to Washington, D.C. So you just do it. And, and there's no question about it because it's more money and you can pay more bills 
by moving to D.C. It doesn't matter if your kids are miserable there. It doesn't matter they're losing all their friends. It doesn't matter that you're adjusting to a whole new life. You'll do that because you're making an extra $10,000 a year. Well, here's the thing. If you take $10,000 a year and you divide it over 12 months, that's about $800 a month. Now, $800 a month is nothing to sneeze at. That can make a difference for a lot of people, absolutely, without a doubt. But here's the thing. If you are a person who is well-trained in investing, well-trained in all the different ways of making money, well-trained in entrepreneurship, how to start businesses, you can easily go out and make an extra $800 a month without uprooting your entire life. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, I, I don't really... You know, I'm really utterly fascinated. I, I, you know, in 2006, I wrote a book called Financial Lovemaking. And I wrote that book because I didn't realize, I, it was when I started realizing what kind of a superpower I had amassed by becoming an expert on almost all things financial. I said, oh my God, I, I didn't know. I just did it because I just wanted a good job. But now I, I have the keys to the universe because I saw how people were making decisions that, what, that that money can't buy, but they were doing it for a little bit of money. Like, like think about it. When you go to work every day and you're working at that job 40 hours a week, 2,000 hours a year, 20,000 hours in a decade, about 100,000 hours over the course of your life, you're given 100,000 hours at work away from your children, away from the people who love you, around people who hate your guts in many cases. You're doing all that not so you can get rich, not because they're giving you millions, just so you can get enough money to pay the rent. I thought that was fascinating. I said, so a little bit more money, or if you talk to a college kid and you say, okay, this job's going to offer you 50000 but this one will offer you sixty-five, they'll take the job that offers sixty-five, even if it's a crappy job, even if they don't want to live in that city, even if they don't want to do that line of work, but they'll do it because it's a little bit more money. And, the, and what I found is that the power of of, of understanding wealth and investing and, and entrepreneurship is that a good entrepreneur would say, you know, I, I can easily go make an extra 15,000 a year. That's not hard to do, you know? And so, so I'm not sitting here trivializing financial challenges. We all go through those. I, I, I kid you not. We all, I, I get it. I totally get it. But I want you to really consider like what the world would look like for black people. If we spent as much time understanding our economics as we spend you know, going to church or as much time as we spend learning how to play sports as kids. Why Why would a 14-year-old boy, how in the hell are you preparing a 14-year-old boy for life when he knows more about throwing a football than he knows about economic security and economic survival in a racist country that wants to destroy him? I don't get that. And the only thing I can attribute that to is habits, which goes back to intellectual freedom, right? Bad habits that are fed to you as a child. Um maybe uh, some self-esteem issues, perhaps, uh, perhaps a lack of planning, a lack of foresight, a lack of critical thinking, which again, it's not everybody's fault. It's really, it really kind of comes from society. Society does not encourage you to think critically. I am the weirdo. I know this. I'm the weirdo because I do break things down over and over and look at them, you know, and try to really figure out, okay, so what's actually happening here? You know, I, I, I was a weirdo when, when I was single and I would meet uh, some pretty lady that wanted to, that, and I could tell, that she, I could see right through a lot of stuff, you know, and, and I would, um, and she would, and I would meet some pretty lady that would really want to date me and really be nice to me. Um, and, and I could tell that she wanted to be around me because I have a lot of money and a lot of power. And I would just sit here and I would think, this is so fascinating to me that you're going to give me access to your vagina, which is really valuable. 
I mean, the woman, black woman's womb is the, that's worth, there's, you can't buy the value of, of the black woman's womb because that's the key to life, you know? And I'm thinking, you're going to give me access to all of that. And like, I could, I could, I could kill you. I could beat you. I could destroy your life. And you don't even know any of that because you are blinded by the fact that I have money and I have power. And that is what you want to be next to. But what if you had your own money? What if you had your own power? You know, if you had all those things, then you probably would you wouldn't necessarily need to uh, do whatever I tell you to do in order to get close to mine. You know, so so to me, again, I'm probably old fashioned on this, but I think that's the job of your daddy. That's the job of your parents who brought you in this world, who are going to let you loose into this world, uh, who should have prepared you, you know, prepared you maybe again, investing for you as a child, teaching you the keys to wealth, putting you in a position where you're not going to be running up behind some man doing degrading things just to get a couple dollars that I probably won't even give you that, you know, because they, they, they're rapper, you know, celebrities do that rappers and stuff they do. Cause a lot of men got no money, but they know that because the women think they have money, they say, okay, they, they, they can get what they want. And then if you, at the end of the day, maybe he buys you a cheeseburger or something, but it's not like you're actually getting the money, right? So, 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 so I just really think that ultimately, if you're talking about freedom, you got to include financial freedom in there. Let's go to number five. Number five is uh, the, the the fifth question I would ask is uh, if you want to know if you're free, is can you transform your life or yourself the way you want to? Can you make the transformation if you decide? that you want to make either a small transformation or a big one, are you able to do that? Uh, if you're overweight, can you lose weight? You know, can, do, you have, do you have that ability to get it done? Uh, if you are living in San Francisco and want to live in Detroit, can you go make that happen? If you, are, uh, if you don't understand a topic and you want to get good at it, do you have the ability to make that happen? And that comes back to power, which comes from a type of discipline. And discipline is really, really important when you're talking about really creating the life that you want. Uh, what I've learned is that it's really hard to change. Transformation is really difficult. And some of us become slaves, slaves to our habits. Uh, we, we become slaves to our addictions. We become slaves to our limited thinking. Some of that may even come back from childhood. I have childhood limitations that were put on me as a kid that I have fought like hell to try to overcome. It is hard as hell. When I was overweight, uh, it, it, much more overweight, I'm still not where I want to be. Uh, but when I was really overweight, it, it was really hard to lose weight. I, I would try different things. I would try to get a little bit. It, it, it just didn't work. And uh, and what I, what happened was what let me lose weight was when I allowed my wife to tell me what to do for a while. I gave up that power so I could then have another another type of power. I told her, I said, look, I'll eat what you tell me to eat. I'll run when you tell me to run. I, I, I've tried everything. I can't do this by myself. I need your help. And she said, okay. And so we started running together. And next thing you know, the weight started falling off. And what I learned from that experience was that in order for me to transform into the person I wanted to be, I had to do the impossible, which was to be a different person. And the only way I could be a different person was to allow a different person to tell me what to do. So I allowed her to almost like a, like a, like a, um, like a, like a, like a, um, possession. I allowed her to possess my body. I, I handed my freedom over to her and was like, look, just do with me as you will, because I need help right now. And so I lost all the weight and it felt great. And then I formed new habits and I had a type of freedom I'd never had before. I had the free, I ran a whole marathon. Right. And that was awesome. So, so here's, here's the thing. 
Um, you know, so so let so one of the things you know I, I would say to you is that when you're talking about having the freedom to make the transformation that you want to make, I would encourage you to find a way to get that done. So either one, you could just learn how to have more discipline, right? That's just something that we all can benefit from in general. Discipline is critical. If you don't have the discipline, then hand over the power to people that will discipline you. You know, if you're if you're a man and you can't stop drinking and and you can't get away from the porn, you can't get away from whatever it is that's holding you back, then find you a good woman and 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 let her kind of help manage that a little bit in you. A, a good woman will make you into a better man. A good woman will actually keep you alive. Like my wife keeps me from eating the food that I want to eat every time. She never tells me what I can't eat, but like if I want to order a pizza or get a cheeseburger instead of eating the salad, she'll say something like, "Healthy choices, boys." And I'll be like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Now, mind you, it's not that she would stop me. If I insist on getting the pizza, she'll let me eat the pizza. But just that little nudge of just being reminded, like, you know, that this is not what you said you want to do. You're not, you know, it was, it's like a reminder for me to be the person that I promised myself I'm going to be. Because we break promises to ourselves all the time. You know, we lie to ourselves all the time. I mean, how many of y'all see every year we, you start, a, you have a New Year's resolution, lose weight, make more money, whatever. Right. Everyone. I'm going to end this relationship. <laughs> I'm going to get away from this, this terrible man or this terrible woman. Right. We all do it. Everybody does it. And what I have found is that the greatest form of slavery that exists in this world is that slavery that that comes from you just being stuck, being the person that you don't really want to be anymore. You want to be better. You want to be Bitter. You want to have more money. You want to have more confidence. You want to win more. You want to succeed more. All these other things. And you can't because you're stuck. It's hard. You're a slave to whatever construct you built in your mind of how life is supposed to be. Whatever set of habits you believe you're supposed to have. So what I'm saying to you is that you got to find a process to hack that. Because here's the deal. Look, if you can hack that one part of the process, if you can find a way, if you can find your own hack, like what is it? What what do I need to do in order for me to really be pushed to be a different person? Let me tell you a little secret. At that point, nothing will stop you. If you are simply able to keep promises to yourself, if you're able to be a person who said where if you say you're going to do it, you're going to do it. If your words are always followed by appropriate actions that will get you to the destination that you committed to from the beginning, Racism can't slow down a black person like that. You know, it, it, the haters can't stop you because all they know how to do is talk. They'll just talk about you, but who cares? Because you're 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 disciplined. You're you're not a psychological slave anymore. So you're not worried about what people say. You're not worried about all this negative energy. That doesn't stop you. You're literally gonna march exactly to the place that you want to be in this life, and that is when you're gonna feel really confident, happy, and free because you're going to be where you want to be. You'll be able to literally build the perfect life. So I, so I think that on today, when we're talking about the 4th of July and we're talking about freedom, I encourage you to have a deeper discussion with yourself about what freedom actually means. And, and I will say freedom means um, I can do what I want when I want uh, most of the time. Freedom means I can say what I want and I'm not scared of the repercussions of what I say. 
Uh, freedom means I can think what I want because I've trained myself to be open-minded. I can listen to a Democrat and a Republican. I can listen to a gay person and a straight person. I can hear the perspective of a man and a woman, and I'm, and I'm not going to be intimidated by that. I'm going to absorb all that and then come to my own conclusions. Uh, you can buy what you want. That comes from the, uh, the the investing and entrepreneurship and all the other and income streams and, and, and working together with other people to, to build wealth. And then the last piece is you can transform into what you want. That means taking the person that you are today and then writing down, maybe writing down on a piece of paper what the ideal version of yourself looks like. Maybe that might be a good exercise that you can do today. Like literally sit down, think about three goals, to, maybe even two. Keep it simple. Two or three things like, OK, I want to be 50 pounds lighter and I want to be, you know, I want to make it a, a $200,000 a year. Right. Maybe those are two things you do. And then then go and surrender some power to people that you trust who can then make you do things different from the way you've been doing them up until this point. Because at the end of the day, in order for the new version of you to be born, you're going to have to commit a, a murder. You're going to have to commit a homicide. You're going to have to kill the old you for the new you to be born. And death is painful. So you, you got to run up right up to yourself and stab that, stab that old son of a bitch in the neck. And, and so that you can become the person that you're meant to be. And that's really hard for most people to do. But if you can learn how to do that, I, I'm, I, I promise you, you'll be so much more fulfilled, so much happier. You have so, so fewer regrets than you would otherwise, because a lot of people out here are just stuck. All right. So anyway, uh, long story short, that's it. That's my two cents for today. Um, uh, I would say this. Another thing I tell my daughter a lot is um, I give her the three P's of success, which is practice, preparation and persistence. And I remind her that if you practice uh, whatever it is you want to do or whatever it is you want to be on a regular basis and you're always prepared for the future, uh, that comes through things like investing, stuff like that. And then persistence just means courage and discipline to sort of fight through obstacles that haters or or barriers or whatever. Then you're going to be successful in almost everything. So I want you to succeed. Uh, God bless you. Thank you guys for listening. It was, it was it was wonderful hanging out with you. And once again, the stock that I told you, I told you guys my stock pick of the day. I mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it again now is Microsoft. I like Microsoft. I just bought some shares. I'm about to buy some more. And uh, I'll check back in with you guys tomorrow about the stock market and everything else. And lastly, if you want to join the Black Wealth Bootcamp that starts July 7th on how to generate income by selling stock options, it works well in a down economy. Feel free to go to boyswatkins.com. And uh, also, if you're on Instagram, you can hit the link in the bio. We start July 7th at 8 p.m. We meet for four weeks and everything, all the materials are yours for life. All right, guys. So I love you, too. Thank you very much for your kind words in the chat. And I'll see you guys soon. And uh, please have a wonderful day. Take care. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.